Ashley Brockring, Diane Palmer's book, Leo, Chapter 8. But lately, Leo rolled the window down and glared at his brother and sister. Well, he asked belligerently. We just wondered if you were all right, Hag <laughs> said, clearing his throat, trying very hard not to look at Janie. The truck was sitting out here in the middle of nowhere, but we didn't see anybody inside. That's right, Chester. We didn't see anybody at all or anything. Not anything. <laughs> Nodded vigorously. I was showing Janie a photo of the Clark man. Leo said courtly, pulled it out of his pocket. It was crumpled and slightly torn. He glared at it, trying to straighten it. See? Cat <laughs> cleared his throat and averted his eyes. Yeah, uh, should have taken it out of your pocket before you showed it to her. I'm going. Cat powered his window up with a knowing grin and gone the engine. Taking off of a spray of mud, Leo left his window. Let <laughs> His own window back up with flattened lips. Janie was turned away from him, her shoulders shaking. Odd little noises that she was trying to smother keep slipping out. She was about to burst, trying not to laugh. <clears throat> he leaned back against the seat and threw the clipping at her. It's not my fault, she protested. I was sitting here minding my own business when you got a Morris. He pursed his swollen lips, gave her a look that would have melted butter. A Morris. That's a good word for it. <laughs> she was coming down for the heights and feeling self-conscious. She picked up the clipping and handed it back to him. Willingly noticing the white stetson at her feet, she picked it up to him. Your poor hat. Took it from her and tossed it into the small back seat of the double cup. It'll clean. He said impatiently. She folded her hands in her lap, torn with a street raincoat that she propped over her leg. Marlene caused a lot of trouble between us, he said after a minute, surprising her into meeting his summer. I'm sorry about that. You mean it don't really make you sick? She hasn't said more. I was furious about what I thought you'd done, he confessed. It was a lie, Janie, like all the other things that I said. I'm sorry for every one of them if it does any good. She toyed with a button on her raincoat and Stared out the window at the rain. It did help, but she couldn't stop wondering if it hadn't meant if he hadn't meant it. Maybe guilt brought the apology out of him rather than any real remorse. She knew he didn't like hurting people. A long sigh came from the other side of the truck. I'll drive you home, he said after a minute. Put the truck out. Fasten your seatbelt, honey. <laughs> the endurance made her feel warm all over, but she didn't let it show. She didn't really trust Leo Hart. Turning back on the main road, Fred and I are going to mob you with company at Chase, he said conversationally. Between us, we know most of the ranchers around Jacobsville. You can ask Harley to keep dropping in from time to time, and Fred and I will talk to the others. She gave him a quick glance. Harley's jaw was really bruised. His eyes started. He had no business interfering. You don't belong to damn Harley. She didn't know what to say. That sounded very much like jealousy. Couldn't be, of course. Stark eyes glanced. Do you sit around and park cars with him and let him take your blouse off? Yes, suddenly furious. I do not, she exploded. He calmed down at once. He shifted in the seat. So uncomfortable from the keen hunger she kindled, kindled in his power body. Okay. Her long fingers clenched on the fabric of the coat. You have no right to be jealous of me. She accused angrily. After what we just did? Yes, in your dreams, Janie. I don't belong to you either. She persisted. You almost did. He replied, chuckling. You have no idea what a close call that was. Cag and Tess saved you. Excuse me? He gave her a rule. Janie, I had your dreams half off. Or have you forgotten already? 
Leo. I'm not sure I could have stopped. He continued slowly to make it turn, and you were no damned help at all. He added with affectionate irony, twisting your hips against me and begging me not to stop. She gasped, her face was of all the blatant. That's how it was, all right? He agreed, blatant for the record. When a man gets that hard, it's time to call a heart. It, it's time to call a halt any way you can before you get in over your head. I can tell you haven't had much practice at it, but now's a good time to listen to advice. <laughs> I don't need advice. Like hell you don't. Once I got my mouth on your soft belly, you'd never have been able to make me stop. <laughs> she stared at him with slowly dawning realization. She remembered the hot, exquisite pleasure of his mouth on her breast. She could only imagine how it filled to let him kiss her there, on her hips, on her long legs. You know far too much about women, she couldn't. You know absolutely nothing. About men, he countered, and he smiled helplessly. I love it. You weren't over your head the minute I touched you with intent. You'd have let me do anything I wanted, he whistled softly. You can't imagine how I felt knowing that. <laughs> You're the sweetest candy I've ever had. He was confounding her. She didn't know what to make of the remarks. He'd been standoffish, insulting, offensive, and furious with her. Now he'd done a complete about-face. He was acting more like a lover than a big brother. Stark eyes cut around sideways and sized up her Do you think things can just go back to the way they were before? <laughs> yes, I remember telling you that I was going to change everything. She said, I remember. It already has. I'll look at you and get aroused. All over again, he said, it will only get worse. Her face blank. I will not have an affair with you. Great. I'm glad you know you have that much self-control. You can teach it to me. I won't get in a truck with you again, she muttered. I'll bring the car next time, he said grimly. Of course, we'll have to open both doors. I'll never be able to stretch out in the front seat the way I did in the cab of this truck. Fingers clenched on right. That won't happen again. It will if I touch you. She laid up. You listen here. He pulled the truck into a dirt road that led through one of Fred's pastures, threw it out of gear, switched off the engine, and reached for Janie with an economy of motion that left her gasping. He had her over his lap, and his mouth hit hers with the force of a gust of wind. He, he burrowed into her parted lips while one lean hand went to her spine, grinding her into the fierce arousal that just the touch of her had provoked. Feels that, he murmured. Now she ought to stop me. She went under in a daze of pleasure. She couldn't even pretend to protest, not even when his big hand found her breast and caressed it hungrily, right through the cloth of her blouse. Her arms went around his neck. She lifted closer, shivering. As she felt the aching hunger of his body echoing in her own, she moaned helplessly. Of all the stupid things I've done lately, he groaned too, his big arms wrapping her up tight as the kiss went on and on and on. He moved out from under the steering wheel and shifted her till she was straddling his hips, her belly lying against his aroused body so blatantly that she could have been shocked. <laughs> She would have been shocked. She wasn't. He felt familiar to her, beloved to her. She wanted him. Her body yielded submissively to the insistent pressure of both his hands on her hips, dragging them against him in a fever of desire. The approaching roar of a truck engine for the second time in less than an hour brought his head up. He looked down at Janie's heated face at the position they were in. Stace's eyes went out the windshield and saw to see Fred's old pickup coming down the long pasture road about a quarter mile ahead of them. He let out a word Janie had only heard Tiny use during heated arguments with patrons and abruptly put her back on her own seat, pausing to forcefully strap her into her seatbelt. She felt shaky all over. Her eyes met his and then went involuntarily to what she felt so starkly against her hungry body. She blushed. Next time you'll get a better look, he said harshly. I wish I could explain it to you how it feels.
Your arms around her body. I know how it feels, she whispered. I hate Carl Hoover. The bad temper lifted him at once. He growled as he watched her have ob oblivious to Fred's rapid approach. Couldn't take his eyes off her. She was delicious. She managed to meet his wide shocked eyes. I'm sorry. For what? He asked. You went in head first just like I did. She searched his eyes hungrily. Her body was on fire. If you use something, she said absently. He actually flushed. He got back onto his steering wheel, avoided looking at her. He couldn't believe what she was saying. Fred rolled up beside them and pulled onto the hard ground to let his window down. Rain's stopping, he told me. I thought I'd run over to Eb Scott's place and have a talk with him about getting his cowboys to frequent shades that night. Good idea, Leo said. Still flushed and disabled. Fred Risley didn't look too close at either of them, but he had a pretty good idea what he did interrupted. I won't be long, sweetheart, he told you. Okay, Dad, be careful, she said in a husky voice. He nodded, grinned, and took off. Leo started the engine. He was still trying to get his breath. He stared at the dirt path ahead of little Janie. I could use something, he said after a minute. But love making is addictive, Janie. One time would be a beginning, not a cure. Do you understand? <laughs> she shook her head, embarrassed now that her blood was going. He reached out and caught one of her cold hands in his entwining her fingers. You can't imagine how flattered I am. He said, well, you're a virgin, and you give yourself to me. She swallowed. Please don't. His anchor. I'll drive you home. If you want working next Saturday, we could take you in a movie and have dinner somewhere. Her heart jumped up in her head. Me? He looked down at her with the beginning of obsession. You could wear that lacy white thing you wore to the ball. He added softly. I like your shoulders, Bear. You have beautiful skin. His eyes folded her bodice and dark. Beautiful breasts, too. With nice nipples. Leo Hart, she exclaimed to her Leaned over and kissed her. I'll let you look at me next time. He was rationally. Then you won't be so embarrassed when we compare notes. She thought of seeing him without clothes and her old face color. I know what I said, but she protested. He stopped the truck bent and kissed her again with breathless You've known me half your life, Janie, he said. And he was serious. He searched her word out. Am I the kind of man who takes advantage of a green girl? She was worried, too. No, she had to admit. His breathing was uneven as he studied her flush. I never would. You were special to me, even before I kissed you the first time in your own kitchen. His head bent again. His mouth trailed across her soft, biting little... His mouth trailed across hers in soft, biting little kisses that made him run. But now, after a taste of it, I've just... Uh, now, but now, after the taste of you I've just had, I'm going to be your shadow. You don't realize what's happening, do you? You want me? She said huskily. His teeth nibbled her upper lip. It's a little more complicated than sex. He kissed her again hard and lifted his head with flattering reluctance. Look up. Addiction in the dictionary, he mused. It's an eye-opener. Addiction? His nose were, Do you remember how you moaned when I put my hands inside your blouse? She swallowed. Yes. I think how it would feel that I'd put my mouth on your breast right over the nipple. She shivered. He nodded. Next time, he promised his voice tightened. You have that to look forward to. Meanwhile, you keep your eyes on anything at work. That gives Clark a hint that you're watching him. He added firmly. I'll be careful. She promised unsteadily. His eyes were possessive on him. If he touches you, I'll kill him. It sounded like a joke. It wasn't. She'd never seen that look in a man's eyes before. In fact, the way he was watching her was a little scary. His big hand slid under her nap and brought her mouth just under her. You belong to me, Janie, he whispered as his head moved down. Your first man is going to be me.
bully fits. <laughs> the kiss was as rousing as it was tender, but it didn't last long. He forced himself to let her go, to move away. He started the truck again, but in, put it in gear and went back down the farm road. But his hand reached for hers, and voluntarily his fingers curling into hers, as if he couldn't bear to lose contact with her. She didn't know it, but he, re he reached a decision in those few seconds. There was no going back now. <laughs> Jack Clark did show up in the bar on the following Friday night. Janie hadn't told any of the people she worked with about him, feeling that any mention of what she knew about him might je jeopardize her safety. But she did keep a close eye on him. The man was rangy and uncouth. He sat along on a corner table, looking around as if he expected trouble and was impatient for it to arrive. Cowboy from Side Park spread, one of Harley Fowler's men, walked to the counter and sat down ordering a beer and pizza. Hi, Miss Janie. He said with a grin that showed a missing front. Harley said to tell you. He'll be in soon to see you. That's sweet of him, she said with a grin. I'll just put your order in, Ned. She scribbled the order on a slip of green paper and put it up on a long string for Nick, the teenage cook, with a clothespin. Where's my damn whiskey? Clark told her. I've been sitting here five minutes waiting for it. Janie winced as Nick glanced at her and shrugged, indicating the pizza list he was far behind on. He'd taken the order and got busy all of a sudden. Tenny... Tiny was nowhere in sight. He was probably out back having a cigarette. Nick was up to his elbows in dough and pizza sauce. Janie had to get Clark's order. There was nobody else to do it. She got down a shot glass, poured whiskey into it, and put it on the small serving trays. She took it to Clark's table and forced a smile to her lips. Here you are, sir, she said, placing the shot glass in front of him. I'm sorry it took so long. Clark glared up at her from watery blue eyes. Don't let that happen again. I don't like to be kept waiting. Yes, sir, she agreed. She turned away, but he caught her apron strings and jerked her back. She caught her breath as his hand slid to one, the ones tied at her waist. You're kind of cute. Why don't you sit on my lap and help me drink this? He, he was already half-lit, she surmised. She would have refused him the whiskey. Tiny had been close by, despite the trouble he already caused. But now she was caught. She didn't know how to get away. All her worst fears were coming on her. I have to get that man's drink. She pointed to Harley's cowboy. I'll come right back, okay? That boy can get his drink. He's making pizza, she protested. Please? That was a mistake. He liked it when women begged. He smiled at her. It wasn't a pleasant one. I said, come here. He jerked her down on his thin, bony legs, and she screamed. In a flash, two cowboys were on their feet and heading toward Clark, both of them dangerous looking. Well, looky, looky. You've got guardian angels and cowboy boots. Clark chuckled. He stood up. Dragging Jane with, Jane with him. Stay back, he warned, catching her hair in his mouth. Or else, he slapped her hard across the face, making her cry out. And his hand went into his pocket and came out with a knife. He flicked it, and a blade appeared. He caught her around the shoulders from behind and brandished a knife. Stay back, boys, he said again, or I'll cut her. The knife pressed against her throat. She was shaking. She remembered all the nice self-defense moves she'd ever learned in her life from watching television or listening to her father talk. Now she knew how useless they were. Clark would cut her throat if those men tried to help her. She had visions of him dragging her outside and insulting her. He could do anything. There was nobody around to stop him. These cowboys were going, weren't going to rush him and risk her life. If only Leo were here. She was vaguely aware of Nick sliding out of sight toward the telephones. If he could just call the sheriff, the police, anybody. Her hands went to Clark's wrist, trying to get him to release the pressure on the way. You're hurting. She choked. Really? He pressed harder. Janie felt his arm cutting off the blood to her head. Then she remembered something she heard of a female victim during an attack. If she fainted, he might turn loose. Can't. Breathe, she gasped and closed her eyes. He might drop her if she sagged. He might cut her throat. 
she could die, but but they'd get him. <laughs> that would almost be worth it. She let her body sag just as she heard a shout from the doorway. She pretended to lose consciousness. In the next few hectic seconds, Clark threw her to the floor so hard that she hit right on her elbow and her head and groaned aloud with the pain of the impact. At the same moment, Leo Hart and Harley Fowler exploded in the room from the front door. Went right for Clark. Knife and all. They'd been in the parking lot talking about Janie's situation and had come running when they heard the commotion. Harley aimed a kick to the knife and knocked it out of Clark's hand. But Clark was good with his feet, too. He landed a roundhouse kick in Harley's stomach and put him over a table. Leo slugged him, but he twisted around, got Leo's arm behind him, and sent him over a table, too. Two cowboys held back, where Leo's size and Harley's capability, the fact that Clark had easily put both of them down. There was a sudden silence. Janie dragged herself into a sitting position in time to watch Cash Cryer come through the doorway and approach Clark. Clark dived for the knife, rolled, and got to his feet. He launched the grier with the blade. The assistant police chief waited patiently for the attack, and he smiled. It was the coldest, most dangerous smile Janie had ever seen in her life. Clark lunged confidently. Grier moved so fast that he was like a blur. Seconds later, the knife was in Grier's hand. He threw it, slamming it into the wall next to the counter so deep that it would take Tiny quite some time after the brawl to pull it out again. He turned back to Clark, even as the knife hit. Fell into a relaxed stance and waited. Clark rushed him, tipsy and furious at the way the older man had taken his knife away. Grier easily sidestepped the intended punch, did a spinning heel kick that would have made Chuck Norris proud, and proceeded to beat the living hell out of the man with lightning punches and kicks that quickly put him on the floor. Breathless and drained of will, it was over in less than three minutes. Clark held his ribs and groaned. Grier stood over him, not even breathing hard, his hand going to his, the handcuffs on his belt. Didn't even look winded. Leo had picked himself up and rushed to Janie, propping her against his chest while she nursed her elbow. As a broken, he asked wordly. She shook her head. Just bruised. Is my mouth bleeding? She asked, still dazed from the confrontation. He nodded. His face was white. Cursed his own helplessness. Between them, he and Harley should have been able to wipe the floor with Clark. Pulled out a white linen handkerchief to mop up the blood lip, bloody lip that cut on her cheek from Clark's nails. A big bad bruise was already coming out on the left side of her face. By now, Grier had Clark against the wall with a minimum of fuss. He spent the man's legs, spread the man's legs with a quick movement of his booted feet, and nimbly cuffed him. I'll need a willing volunteer to see the magistrate and file a complaint. <laughs> right here. Harley said, wiping his mouth with anger. I expect Mr. Hart will do the same. You bet. But I've got to get Janie home first. No rush, Grier said. Who's Clark by the neck? Harley. You know where Magistrate Burr Willie lives, don't you? I'm taking Clark by there now. Yes, sir, I do. I'll drive right over there and swear out a complaint so you can hold that. Gentlemen, Harley agreed, substituting for the word he really meant to use. Janie, you gonna be okay? Yet it worryingly. She was wobbly, but she got to her feet with Leo's support. Sure, she said, I'll be fine. I'll get you, Clark raged at Janie. I'll get both of you. Not right away, Grier said comfortably. I'll have the judge set bail as high as possible, but to put it, and we'll see how many assault charges we can press. Count on me for two of them, Jimmy volunteered furiously. Winston as a draw protesters. But not tonight. 
Leah said, curl his arm around. Come on, honey. He said, I'll take you home. They followed Grier with his prisoner and Harley out the door and over to Leo's big double cab pickup truck. He put her inside gently, moving around to the driver's seat. She noticed then for the first time that he was in working clothes. You must have come right from work, she commented. We were moving livestock to a new pasture, he replied. One of the bulls got out and we had to chase him through the brush. Doesn't it show? He added with a nod toward his scarred Batwing chaps in his money boots. I meant to be here an hour ago. Harley and I arrived together just in the nick of time, too. Two side parks guys were at the counter, she said. But when Clark threatened to cut me, they were afraid to rush him. He caught her hand in his and held it tight, his eyes going to the blood on her face, her blouse, her forearm. She was going to have a bruise on her pretty face. The sight of those marks made him furious. I'll be all right, thanks to all of you, she managed to say. We weren't a hell of a lot of help, he said with a rueful smile. Even Harley didn't fare well. Clark must have a military background of some sort, but he was no match for Cryer. He shook his head. It was like watching a martial arts movie. I never even saw Cryer move. She studied him while he started the truck and put their seat belts on. Did he hurt you? Hurt my pride, he replied smiling. I've never been put across the table so fast. At least you tried, she pointed out. Thank you. I should never have let you stay in there, he said. It's my fault. It was my choice. He kissed her eyelids. My poor baby, he said so. I'm not taking you to your father in this condition. He added firmly, noting the blood on her blouse face. I'll take you home with me and clean you up first. We'll phone him and tell him there was a little trouble and he'll be late. Okay, she said, but he's no whip. I know that. He put the truck in. Humor me. I want to make sure you're all right. I'm fine, she argued, but then she smiled. You can clean me up anyway. He pursed his lips and smiled. Best offer I've had all night. He replied as he pulled out of the parking lot. End of chapter 8.